Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome back. And if you're a new listener, welcome to the show. Have you ever seen the term SLD in reading on school paperwork and wondered what that means exactly? Welcome to episode 33 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today we are focusing on a term that you will hear far more often than dyslexia in an IEP meeting or any other special paperwork from school. Before we get started today, I have a little story to share with you, and a listener told me a few weeks ago that the success stories episode for number 25 brought so much joy and hope that I thought that maybe this story would bring a little bit of hope too. Yesterday, I got a phone call from a very excited mom on a Saturday to tell me that after six months together, her child is already testing on grade level at school, and they are no longer recommending that he change to the local dyslexia school next year. This little guy is only a first grader, and it is a true reflection of why it's so important to get support as soon as possible. It's a lot faster to get a child on grade level in those early years than if you use that wait-to-fail approach and keep hoping that it'll get better if you just let them keep doing what they're doing. Get help as soon as you can, no matter when that time is, whether that's fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, the sooner you can get it, the better it is. And before we jump into our main episode in just a second, I have a little favor to ask you. It would mean so much to me if you share this podcast with a friend. So shoot them a screenshot of your phone while you're listening or share it on social media and tag me at Parnello Education to help spread the word with other parents and educators. I have my social media pages, but I know that a lot of you guys don't actually see the posts that I post because I know I have many, many followers and yet somehow it'll say only four people ever saw some of the things I put on there. So it would mean the world to me if you could help me spread that word so that other parents and educators can learn all about dyslexia. And now it is time for our month of learning to continue as we dive deeper into what an SLD really is. And this month we'll be ending with a free masterclass all about dyslexia on January 31st. So more info to come on that one. And those of you on my email list will be in the first ones to get that webinar invite. So be sure to sign up if you haven't yet. It'll be in the show notes. So why do they say SLD in reading instead of dyslexia? Before we can talk about dyslexia specifically, we have to talk about where those terms come from. There is a law called the Individuals with Disabilities Act, IDEA, or IDEA, and it requires schools to provide special education services to students who qualify under 13 different categories. Those categories are specific learning disability, other health impairment, which often can qualify for ADHD or sometimes seizure disorders as well, autism spectrum disorder, emotional disturbance, which I feel like gets a bad rap because sometimes that could just mean a child has depression. So it's serious, but it's not as terrifying as some of the other mental health disorders that people assume with somebody being emotionally disturbed. So a lot of times we try to avoid that actual language within school systems if we can. 
Another one is speech and language impairment. That's another category under IDEA. Vision impairment and blindness. Hearing impairment and deafness. And as a separate category, deaf blindness. They're both deaf and blind and therefore need a different kind of instruction. Then there's orthopedic impairments, such as cerebral palsy, that affect their ability to, you know, navigate the campus and things like that, and that require them to have services that are a little bit different. Then there is an intellectual disability, which could include somebody with Down syndrome or somebody who has an extreme difficulty with learning. Then another category is traumatic brain injury, which can happen after a car accident or a brain tumor or some other injury to the brain. And lastly, there's a category for multiple disabilities, meaning that their learning is impeded by multiple things and no one category fully encompasses that, which this diagnosis is actually pretty uncommon. What you will more often see is that there is a primary and a secondary disability that encompasses the largest need of support for that child. In the show notes today, I've included an understood.org article that goes into all of these ones briefly. That way you can reference it and not just listen to what I'm saying today. But then also don't forget, we have that IEP terms cheat sheet that I shared with you last week as a little freebie to go with last week's episode. So I'll make sure to go ahead and put that in the show notes as well this week so that you can grab it if you missed it from last week's episode or forgot to go download it. That IEP terms cheat sheet is a freebie ready and waiting for you. All right, so let's pivot and talk about what is an SLD in reading specifically, because that is probably what applies most to you guys if you're listening to this podcast. While they call it a specific learning disability, it's actually not specific at all. It can fall into many categories, such as a specific learning disability in math, or a specific learning disability in written expression, or a specific learning disability in reading. Many times a school will tell you that they can't put dyslexia on the IEP because it is not one of the formally recognized IEP categories under IDEA. So remember that is that list of 13 terms I just told you a couple minutes ago. So because dyslexia is not formally listed as one of those terms, they give it the category of SLD in reading because that is a category under IDEA. And dyslexia is a specific learning disability within the category of reading. So that's where that comes from. So one thing that the school can do is they can put dyslexia in the notes and the comments if you have received an outside diagnosis of dyslexia from a private evaluation. Typically, the school will not say the word dyslexia, but often private evaluations will. And they can put that in the notes and have the word dyslexia in the IP because it's in an outside evaluation that you've provided to the school. Now, when we think about an SLD in reading, it can mean a couple of different things. The first is a struggle with how to read and what we often refer to when we talk about dyslexia. The second possibility is that it is a struggle with understanding what is read. Some students can read the words, but they have no clear understanding of what they've read by the time they're done with that text. And while both of these have the possibility of qualifying for services under the category of an SLD in reading, they may have very different focuses of instruction. One student may need support with the phonics so that they can read and sound out the words, while another student who qualifies under that same category may need more support with understanding, using comprehension strategies, and developing their vocabulary and their ability to make a little movie in their head as they're reading to keep track of what they're reading about. The question I get the absolute most is, why doesn't a child with dyslexia always qualify for an SLD in reading? 
they have a proven diagnosis of a learning difference, why don't they qualify for services under an SLD in reading? And that is because a child only qualifies for services when they fall below the average range, meaning they have to be even lower than the low average range. Many times a student isn't low enough that the school is required to pay for those services under special education. It does not necessarily mean a child doesn't have dyslexia. Often kids with dyslexia might qualify for a 504 plan, which gives them accommodations, even after a dyslexia diagnosis, if their reading is still within the average range. So even if you know that they could do better with more support, that doesn't necessarily mean the school is going to provide services. And this is one of the most heartbreaking parts of our educational system, is that even when you know a child has a learning difference, that doesn't necessarily mean their school is going to give them what they need to overcome or reach their full potential. Sometimes they get just enough to get by. And while I don't think this is right or fair, it is the way it is. And ideally, a student who's just a poor reader, if the school was using better curriculums, hopefully that would help them as well. If they used more science of reading and more explicit phonics instruction within the classrooms, a lot of those kids who are sitting on the fence between qualifying for services and not qualifying for services, if our tier one instruction, meaning the main instruction that happens in the regular classroom was better, a lot of these kids would be doing so much better as well. This episode is probably one of those ones that might be a little aggravating and frustrating. And in fact, I've had some families send me paperwork saying, wait a minute, we just had this whole evaluation. My child can barely read and you're working with them and they're making progress. And the school is saying they don't qualify for an IEP when I know my child has dyslexia. And I get it. It doesn't seem right and it doesn't make a lot of sense but it's part of how the educational system works. They have a certain amount of funding and they have to create a cutoff point somewhere of who gets all of those services and who doesn't. Unfortunately, it's a pretty low bar in terms of what is considered average and it's not always worth the fight. So you really have to pick your battles on this one and decide, is it worth fighting the system to try to get the support that you need? And if so, and you believe that it is, You can go to RightsLaw, which I believe it's rightslaw.org, but I'm speaking off the cuff on this part, so I'll make sure I link it properly in the show notes for you. And that is where you can find the special education laws and see which ones apply to you, because I'm obviously not a lawyer. And then you also need to think about it from the other perspective of how much is it worth that battle? And sometimes those IEP meetings can drag on for months And if it's taking you six months to try to get the services that you need and are asking for, what could you have done on your own in those six months? Would something else have been better worth your time and money, such as a tutor or a specialized school for dyslexia and and then applying for scholarships or things like that? Because sometimes advocates and lawyers can get pretty expensive. And so you have to decide which battle do you want to pick? Another time when a child may not qualify for an SLD in reading is after their dyslexia has already been remediated. So sometimes a student qualifies under an SLD in reading, but then they make a ton of progress either at school or through outside tutoring that they no longer qualify for services through the school because they're now within the average range when maybe they weren't before. So instead they might get a 504 plan that gives them accommodations. And so because they're working closer to the average range, the school isn't going to provide any more support. Even if you know they could probably do a little bit better if they had more support, you won't always get. All right, so let's go ahead and recap for today. First, we talked about why do we use these terms in IEP paperwork, specifically in SLD and reading, 
instead of saying the word dyslexia. And it comes back to it's all part of the IDEA laws idea. And there are 13 categories. The word dyslexia is not one of the categories. So they lump it into the SLD in reading because it's a specific learning disability in the category of reading. I also linked in the show notes for you that understood.org article about those, as well as the IEP terms freebie that I gave you guys last week in case you didn't download that one. And then we talked about the SLD and what it means and what forms it can take for reading, such as how to sound out the words or how to understand what's happening. We lastly talked about why some kids with dyslexia don't always get that SLD label and the IEP services, even if families are trying to get them. All right, friends, that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to join that Dyslexia Devoted email list if you want to be the first to know about those new things coming up, including my masterclass at the end of this month. And share this podcast with a friend. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could share it with a few others, because there's far more people that I'm sure would benefit from it than my actual ability to reach on social media and whatnot. So share away, please, please, please. All right. And the link, if you want to join the email list and you're not on it, is just parnelloeducation.com forward slash email. All right. That's all for now. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day and see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.